Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to a, another edition of the Demonland uh, podcast. My name is Andy, and joining me, as always, is Grape Viney. Good evening, Grape Viney. How are you? Uh, good evening, and uh, good evening to all the Demonlanders out there. Yes. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, we've got a very, very special, uh, program lined up for you tonight. Uh, we've secured ourselves quite a special, uh, a guest for the evening. Um, football royalty, I think you could say. Well, definitely, uh, definitely Melbourne football club royalty, um, and AFL royalty. Uh, he's an All-Australian, Max Gorn. So, uh, he'll be joining us, uh, within the next 10 minutes. So that's very exciting. Yep, he's a you know he's a fixture on the footy show, so he's in high demand uh, across all the footy media. We see him everywhere, so we're very lucky to uh, to have him tonight. Yeah, it's an absolute uh, coup to get him. Um, I was uh, absolutely wrapped that we could get him. So uh, thank you to Max and thank you to the Melbourne Football Club for for allowing this to happen. Um, absolutely, great to great to bring the players uh, to the supporters. Exactly. In another forum. Exactly. And, and you know, I'm hoping this is sort of a, a good route. We forge a, a good relationship uh, with the club and with this, uh, with this program because it would be great to get a variety of uh, different people from the football club to come on and engage with us, engage with the supporters and uh, maybe give a, a little bit of a different point of view uh, than we get from, you know, sort of media interviews with uh, possibly with people that don't know as much about the D's as, as we think we do. Yep, sure, absolutely. So before we uh, bring before we bring Max on, um, we had a few things we wanted to talk about, and uh, one of the things we're going to talk about is the fact that uh, this week's game is the um, well, what's the, what's the official title for for the for the match? The BN, I guess it's BCNA. Yeah, the BCNA Pink Lady match, I think. Yes, so uh, it's a, a, a match to uh, sort of promote uh, the awareness of uh, breast cancer. And, um, you know, that whole thing about promotion um, means that, uh, you know, we would, you know, you'd expect to be more promotion. And I must admit, I was absolutely unaware until today that this game was the Pink, you know, Pink Lady match. Yeah, so was I. Um, and I think uh, everyone was uh, taken a bit by surprise uh, by it. One of the, one of our posters, Jane, too, um, saw it, and then uh, she's put something on Demonland. So now we know about it. And today, uh, uh, Jordan Lewis did an interview and a photo shoot at the MCG. He was wearing the pink polo. Um, it was with BCNA. So uh, the promotion and publicity behind it really kicked off today i suppose which um yeah it seemed to be lacking up until today anyway but um it's good to see that they're now promoting it i noticed the club sent something out uh, about the pink guernseys and i don't know about you but uh, when i'm traveling into the games on the train a lot of people like the pink guernsey don't they like they've got it as their normal jumper that they wear each week to the footy well it, it's it's not just the the pink jumper i noticed the the well i don't, won't say the majority but i notice a lot of um a lot of jumpers 
not just of even the demons, a lot of other opposition supporters wearing sort of alternate Guernseys and not necessarily the uh, Clash Guernsey, but the special Guernseys, the Anzac Day ones, the, the indigenous round uh, Guernseys. You, you often see um, those those Guernseys yes. around yep. and I might make that sort of segue th- that comment into the fact that I still hate our white Clash Guernsey. I, I, I know we had a win in it the other day, but I, I, I still, I can't like it. I don't know what it is about it, but I have such a huge objection yeah, to it. I think a, a few people have said it looks like it's made in barley. Um, looks like one of those classic sort of barley beer singlets, doesn't it? Um, well, are you talking, logo are you talking about front. that big, massive logo on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It that just looks like not much thought has really been put into it. Yeah, it doesn't um, have much design aesthetic uh, to it. Just chucking on that uh, big, big logo onto the white jumper. But it, for me, it's not so much that look of it. It's just the white jumper. Um, really, I don't like it. Yeah, I'm. I'm not so fussed about the white. Yeah. I think if they get it right, it can look okay. But you mentioned the indigenous Guernsey and also the Anzac Guernsey, and now we've got the Pink Lady Guernsey. Uh, that we end up not wearing our real home and away traditional colours all that often in the season, do we? Because once you take away the away matches and the Clash Guernseys and the alternate Clash Guernseys, and then you throw in all these, um, you know, special rounds, um, you, you're sort of really only left with, you know, probably half a dozen or a bit more games uh, where you're wearing your, your normal strip. So... It's just an interesting development, I suppose, with these themed, uh, the growth of the themed rounds in recent years. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. But I must say, from a, a, a web designer um, uh, aspect, when I'm uh, making the uh, banner, which I change yearly on Demonland, um, I always like to get them all in that uh, the red, the traditional red and blue Guernsey, and it's getting harder and harder to find images that I want and like uh, with players wearing yeah, the traditional sure. Guernsey. Yep. So that's a, for me. That it's probably a bit of a selfish reason that I just want to see us play in our traditional Guernsey. And speaking of Guernseys, um, back of the jumper, no sponsor uh, as yet. Mm. Will, will we ever see a uh, back of the jumper sponsor this year? Uh, the clock's ticking. We're six rounds in already, so that's a hell of a lot of um, a hell of a lot of airtime already. Um, that's you know hasn't uh, now won't be included um, in whatever arrangement can be made. Assuming that an arrangement is made, I can't. I don't know. Will we go through the entire season without one? If if we can't secure one, is I guess that's that's what would happen. But. Um, it's interesting, isn't it, when the club's never been in a better position, um, sort of on-field and probably off-field too, um, over the past decade, and yet, uh, you know, we've managed to secure it in previous years when uh, the chips were down. So, um, uh, I, I think the biggest issue, the biggest, uh, probably the, the hurdle uh, getting there is actual um, screen time, um, you know, free-to-wear screen time is probably the, the big one, and whilst we've got an exciting young team and, you know, the future looks bright until we sort of getting those fixtures, the big fixtures that on the TV, um, I think it's going to be hard That's to That's true, but we're able to get it. sponsors without the big fixtures for the past 10 years. Now, admittedly, they haven't been, um, you know, maybe top shelf, the top shelf sponsors that Peter Jackson might be trying to attract now. 
Um, there's been a few disastrous uh, arrangements in years gone by, uh, the Energy Watch being one of them. But, um, yeah, perhaps we're trying to jump a tier in terms of, you know, where we land with that, um, in terms of the, the brand that we're associated with and, and the uh, dollars involved in the deal. But um, people have complained online that the club's keeping us in the dark about this. I mean, what are they really, how are they meant to communicate with us on this and what would they say other than we're working on it? Um, you wouldn't expect any business or company to divulge the details of um, negotiations that are ongoing. So why should this be any different? Yeah, um, I'm not too fussed about it. They'll they'll get it done when they get it done. And, um, yeah, I don't think there's much else to, to say about it. It's um, It'll happen when it happens. Um, you know, no one, no other business would be expected to divulge it. So why should, uh, why should they? Uh, it'll, it'll come. And you know, once we put the runs on the board, they'll, they'll, they'll be knocking on the door. So I, yep. th- I think um, at, at this stage, we're going to uh, take a short break. You'll hear a little bit of music uh, just while we get, uh, while we get uh, Max on the line, and uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes uh, with with our very special guest. So stay tuned. You'll hear uh, some music just on the line. Uh, just enjoy enjoy a rendition of the uh, of our favourite uh, song, um, "Grand Old Flag." It's a grand old flag. It's a high flying flag. It's the emblem for me and for you. It's the emblem of the team we love, the team of the red and the blue. Every heart beats true for the red and the blue, and we'll sing this song. We're back. Uh, great Viney, take it away. Uh, our very special guest this week needs no introduction, but we're going to give him one anyway for those of you that have been living under a rock for the past few years. Uh, he's played just 64 games in the red and blue, but Max Gorn has already earned all Australian honours. He finished third in last year's BNF after leading the competition in hitouts. And in addition to his imposing presence on the field, Max is one of the game's biggest cult heroes off it. Although the fearsome beard, which was such an integral part of the phenomenon, is no longer. Max, thanks for joining us tonight on the Demon Land podcast. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to it. So, Max, uh, you've been on the uh, sidelines for a few weeks now after surgery to fix that hamstring. The big question, the question on everybody's lips is, um, how is your face coping with the loss of the beard? Uh, is the is the beard trying to fight back to reestablish itself, or is it gone forever? Um, it's a it's a good question. Um, I haven't shaved yet, 
Uh, I haven't really grown too much hair to shave, but I haven't shaved yet, so um, I'll keep growing it for a little longer, and then I'll make a decision when it's too long if I'm going to go again or if I'm going to shave it off again. Fair enough. Last time we checked, you'd raised more than $2,000 for reach um, by getting rid of it. What was the what was the final amount you got to? Um, I, I, I think it's still going. I think it's up to about 3500 Wow. Amazing effort. Good stuff. <laughs> really good. Um, so uh, are you worried about the Samson and Delilah effect? Uh, that it, Did the beard give you all of your powers and without it you're just an ordinary ruckman? Or uh, are we going to see uh, the Max Gorn, the fear the beard, without the beard? Well, the beard in my mind was there to keep me injury-free because the last time I shaved was when I got injured. Yep. So I kept it for, it was three years and running. And then I got injured again, so I thought, what better excuse to shave it off and start again? Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to go the same method, like I said, but maybe I might do the moustache this, this time around. So it's a case of watch this space. That is exactly right. Uh, we saw pictures and footage today of you uh, running at uh, training. How's your recovery going, and what's the timeline on your rehab? Um, yes, I'm very optimistic with this injury. Um, it's not a very common injury, so it doesn't have a set uh, weeks on the boundary. Um, 12 weeks was what we said from the start, but 12 weeks is absolute worst-case scenario in my eyes. So um, I went and saw the surgeon today, and he's very optimistic as well, and he thinks that it could be a lot sooner than 12 weeks. So um, at the moment, I'm just jogging, so I've still got to do the traditional uh, hamstring build-up from jogging, so I've still got a little bit to go. I'm not back this week, but um, I've still got about four weeks of building up my running, and then um, see how it goes from there, and hopefully it's around the maybe eight, nine-week mark. So, uh, Good news. Yeah, great news. Uh, so it must be frustrating to be on the sidelines. Um, how are you staying out of trouble uh, while you can't sort of, you know, trade? You've got limited training. Um, are you still required to be at the club every day uh, like the other guys? Uh, I did have a, a week off there because I was actually found it very hard to get off the couch. So they gave me um, they gave me a week um, at home, which was quite boring. I'm someone who likes to get out and about, and I've got a fear of missing out. So I didn't really enjoy that. But I was in there in the second week, and I've been in the coach's box the last two weeks as well. So um, I'm just getting into the into the real big training program for my for my hamstring so i'm doing a fair bit of training at the club but i'm also trying to keep involved because i don't want to miss out on what the team's going through as well you mentioned sitting in the coach's box the past couple of weeks is that something um goodies forced you to do would you rather be in the stands where you don't have to be on your best behavior presumably and, and keeping quiet um yeah i got given the option um it makes more sense if I can help the team in some way or another win a game. Um, if that's in the coach's yep. box and all I do is say one comment that might help us win the game, that's that's what it is. So um, I don't mind it. Um, sometimes you've got to put your ear your earplugs in because the coaches can can talk for hours. But apart from that, I don't mind. It's actually a good view to watch the game as well. Probably the best seat in the house. Have you learned things sitting with the coaches and just listening to the way it goes? Yeah, that's one of the things that I targeted in my rehab was to learn a little bit more about the game. Um, 
we got, uh, well, it's not a good predicament at the moment, but when I do come back, there could be me, Jake, and Cameron all going quite well. Um, that's Jake Spencer and Cameron Pedersen. Yep. Um, we, we could all be going quite well, and there could be a chance that maybe they want to play two or three of us in the same game. So I'm learning a couple of things. I want to watch Gold Coast North Melbourne the other week um, live at Eddie Had, and I just was watching a little bit of how Tom Lynch and Ben Brown played as that forward ruck. Um, I'll do that again this week. I'll go watch Obviously, I'm learning stuff from the coach's box, watching some of our guys go around, like Jesse and and uh, Cameron and, and, and even the guys we verse. Um, for example, on the weekend, there was um, there was a couple of good forwards, like Joe, Joe Danaher and um, Kyle Hooker, that I was keeping a close eye on. So if I can keep, um, just to have that in case we go down a different path when I do get back, um, I might as well do it if I'm doing nothing for the next six six or so weeks. Yep. So Jack Watts said earlier in the week that he heard from you that uh, Troy Chaplin and Ben Matthews were fighting over Clayton Oliver in the coach's box, uh, with each wanting you know him to be on their part of the ground. Uh, uh, did you get involved and go to bat for your midfield colleagues? Um, yeah, there, there was a little fight going on, especially when Clayton was trying to get a piece of the action for the back line. Um. I don't think the back line will win. I think I don't think Jade Rawlings will win that fight. But with the midfield, it's funny. We've got a lot of guys that can go through the midfield. So um, that's something that we've added over the last couple of years. It used to be just Nathan Jones and hope and pray someone else can win the ball. But now we've got about six or seven guys that can go through there, which means Clayton can go forward. So if we keep winning the ball in the middle, sometimes we can put Clayton forward. As you can see from the weekend, he's got a nice pair of hands on him. Oh, yeah, yeah, he does. Um, is coaching something you'd consider doing in the future? In the future, is that something that sort of tickles tickles your fancy? Um, I have coached before. I, I, I coached um, Orman under sixteens, and then followed yep. them on for another year and coached them at the seventeens level, um, which was quite fun, quite quite rewarding at times as well. Um, I'm not sure how serious I want to get to. If coaching is a full-time job, I think that's a different kettle of fish, but I've done my level one and level two coaching course, and in some way, as a leader, you're almost a coach as well, so I'm sort of coaching around the club, and especially as I'm injured, there's a little bit more I can do, so um, it won't hurt if I keep doing all this stuff and learning more about the game and doing these coaching courses while I can. Um, it won't hurt me in the future if that's something I want to do. Yep. So you, you've been out of action for three weeks, uh, but half the side has had a crack at filling in for you. Um, <laughs> how, how have you rated the efforts of, of Spencer, Watts, Peterson, and uh, half the other team uh, with uh, trying to have a go? Yeah, so Spence was going well. Um, unfortunately, we only got to see five quarters of Spence, but they were, um, they were pretty good quarters. So unfortunately for him, he's been waiting for two years to get a crack and if you even go further back than that he um behind Mark Jamar for a while as well which meant that uh he wasn't playing too much footy at that time as well and Mark Jamar actually did his PCL one week I think it was back in 2011 and he was out for 12 weeks and Jake actually did his knee in that same round so (laughs) there was a chance for Jake to play 12 weeks then and similar to this time there was a chance for Jake to play about eight weeks but unfortunately injury Guys striked again with him. So, but we did see five positive quarters, which alluded to what I was saying before that there's a chance they could play both of us when we do come back. Um, obviously, I'll probably have to be more of the forward ruck, but I'll keep that uh, string up my bow. The other two, um, 
Cameron, we've seen four quarters of him as well, and it was a positive four quarters. Tom Bell Chambers was quite under underdone compared to someone like Ben McAvoy this week, who's in a yeah. in a lot more form. So it'll be interesting to see how Cameron goes this week. And the other guys, who else? What's he? What's he's just playing his normal role. Yeah. yeah. Apart from the games when me and Jake went down early and he had to step up, he just he just plays his normal role as backup ruck and giving rest when Cameron and Jake needed it. Um, we even tried Tommy McDonald there on the weekend, but yep. um, with some games coming up against some good tall forwards like we do, especially the Crows in two weeks, I think Tommy might be needed back in the back line. Yeah. How, how are the other two boys the, the in, in the resis tracking um, uh, Max King and uh, Lachlan Filipovic? Is that his name? Yeah, Lachlan Filipovic. Um, uh, Max King actually got delisted. It's Mitch King. Oh, I'm Mitch on, King. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Too I'm, many Kings, Maxes, a lot of, <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people will be getting confused with that one, so it's okay. But, yeah. um, it's, they're, they're both quite young. Um, I got rushed into it actually when Mitch's, uh, at Mitch's age now, so I was off a knee reco, and then the story I was alluding to before where J-Mar and Spencer both went down, I got rushed into it for four games, and um, I've, I was probably a little bit more ready than what Mitch is now. Um, Mitch will probably need another three or four games yet before he's eligible for selection, just with this knee reco. Um, and Lachlan's really raw, but Lachlan's started well. He's done. He's ticked every box that he's needed to at the moment, and I think he could be in line for a VFL senior debut this week. Nice. Uh, we mentioned Clary Oliver um, a little while back. Aside from yourself, of course, who do you think is the best young talent at the club? Is it Oliver, Petraka, Hogan, or Hunt, or, or someone else, perhaps? Um, I'm just flattered that you put me in the young group, which is good. <laughs> um, there is, we've got a, an abundance of young talent going around at the moment. Um, Clayton's one of the best guys I've seen come into a football club and have the best hands. His hands are super. Um, he didn't really learn that when he was here. He already had that, so it might be one of those uh, genetic things passed down from uh, family members, but he's he's super around the ball. But one of the unsung heroes that I'm really liking at the moment is probably Alex Neil Bullen, who's uh, VFL riddled last last, last season, um, polled very well in the VFL best and fairest, and also the, the, the JJ Liston, which is the Brownlow medal for the VFL. And... He put in a big preseason, and it's coming out in his in, the, in, in his footy. He's played five to six very good games. Um, he's a bit down on the weekend, but um, hopefully he can go again. But I think Clayton's leading the young brigade. But guys like Alex Nilbourne and Jaden Hunt aren't far off. So Max, you've been at the club through a very trying period. You've played under too many coaches to mention. Um, how important is the stabi- the stability that we're seeing now? And can you just talk about the the transition from Ruzi to Goodwin, uh, because it seems from the outside that um, that it's been pretty seamless. Yeah, you're right. We all have been through a lot of coaches, and the the last two, Ruzi and Goody, it almost feels like it's just been one coach. So it feels like we've had one coach for four seasons now, which which adds to the stability and probably adds to the growth that we're seeing now in the team. Um, Goody's obviously got different values to Ruzi, but um, we're playing this, playing similar footy just with a tiny little bit more of attacking flair, which is which is good because that's what Western Bulldogs and Crows and even Port Adelaide are doing this season. Um, you got to you got to play with that attacking flair to keep up and kick high kick high high scores. So, um, Goody's been well. The transition first time I've been through a transition 
like that, and it seems seamless to me. So hopefully he keeps track in the right way. Uh, Max, thanks again for your time. We've got two more questions for you, and then we'll let you go. Um, no worries. You've become a, a cult figure in the football world with your uh, wit and humour. Who else at the club can match it with you in the funny stakes? Yeah, I had to... Um... I wasn't necessarily the cult figure the whole way through. There was, was a young guy called Jack Fitzpatrick that had it for a couple of weeks as well. But um, since he's been uh, delisted, uh, it's actually quite a boring club. No, nah, there is some funny guys. Uh, Jaden Hunt's starting to make his own little path in the AFL. He's a little bit different. Um, I'm enjoying what he's putting up on the social media threads, which, which every, everyone is. Um, and a really underrated... And nippies and the owl fascination. Yeah, the our fascination, which um, everyone seems to be on top of, which is um, it's quite a fascinating story, to be honest. He hasn't seen an hour for 10 years, and all of a sudden he sees 71 week. But um, I actually really rate Colin Garland as, as uh, one of the funny guys at the club. Um, he's very understated. He used to be called Humphrey Bear because he didn't speak, but <laughs> he's, come a, he's come a long way and he speaks too much now, but he's, but he's a very funny man. So we've, uh, we've, we've seen Max the barista, we've seen Max the DJ. Uh, you were making tables and furniture with uh, former demon Matt Jones at one point. Is Max, and, Max Jones and co. still going? And uh, also, the big question, what would you be doing uh, if you weren't playing footy? Yeah, I, um, I've tried a couple of things. Um, I've been not good at a lot of things. So <laughs> I, was not, I was not good at DJing, so I gave that up. Uh, I made a few bad copies in my time, so I haven't given that one up yet. But that's 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 close. Uh, Max Jones is still a thing. Um, it's very little at the moment, just because of the time. Uh, Matt's in a full time job now, and to be honest, he was the brains of the of the business. <laughs> so he's tried to give a couple of tables over over to me, and I've got no idea what I'm doing. But um, what would I be doing if I wasn't if I wasn't playing footy? Um, I suppose that's one way I'm taking a different path here, but one way I keep myself sane when I'm in when I'm in rehab is I just pretend I was at home and not playing footy and 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 what would I be doing? And I'll be doing a similar thing. I'd be trying to stay fit. I'd probably be going to the gym at six AM rather than what I'm doing at ten AM at the club. So it's actually a good way to keep sane. Um, I'm getting I'm getting paid to stay fit at the moment and not much else. So it's a good way to keep your head in the right place. Um, to be, in terms of occupation, my family's been hospitality for years, so I'd probably stay in that, uh, stay in that, stay in that area of work. So, so Max, we could talk with you all night, but we better let you go. But before we do, I'd like to uh, just tell you and our audience a little anecdote. So, uh, as you and uh, some of our listeners are aware, my family and I sponsor you, and we're very proud of that fact and proudly display the photos that we have with you each year uh, in our office, the, um, the ones we get at the season launch. Um, I, I guess you're, you're the tall, skilled footballer, footballing son that my father never had. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, now, the genesis of our sponsor. Sponsorship with Max, in case anyone doesn't know, dates back to when uh, you were just a new recruit. Uh, we won this uh, tall and skinny, smooth-faced at the time, uh, boy in a raffle. Uh, we had no idea who he was, and uh, we actually attempted to give him away to a homeless guy on the way home, but uh, he, pol- <laughs> he politely refused, and you know, we were stuck with him, and we've stuck through him, through all the injuries, um, 
You were, we were your biggest spruikers to anyone who would listen to us, and we were there cheering you in your first match when you, I don't know if you remember this, did, you took a mark, you were 10 metres out straight in front, and do you remember what you did with the kick? You honestly think that I'll forget. <laughs> you shake that kick, but but I, I told everyone around that, you know, this is my boy. <laughs> I'm uh, sponsoring him, and, you know, you can't imagine how thrilled uh, we were when, through your hard work and your perseverance, uh, you truly earned... Um, you know, the number one mantle of ruck at the D's and you've stamped your authority on the position to become the number one ruckman in the league. And Max, you're a superstar of the club and the competition. So, you know, we hope that your rehab keeps tracking well and you'll be back on the park before too long. Uh, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us tonight. Thank you, Max. Thanks, guys. The good thing is is there is a, a young little grandson of Jack's player, Ajax, who's a talented ruck as well, so... Yes, yes. Hopefully he can have a young Ruckman of his own blood. Yes. Sometime soon. Most definitely. Thank you, thank you very much uh, for your time tonight, Max. We really do no appreciate worries. it. Thanks, boys. All right. Cheers. Thanks, Max. Well, that was uh, that was Max gone. What a what a what a good man. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's so it's so great that he's so willing to to learn. Um, you know, keep learning mm. even while he's injured. Uh, it seems like that was interesting, wasn't yeah, it? That yeah. bit. And um, he's, uh, yeah, instead of just, you know, sitting back and, and watching and even just, you know, providing encouragement, which is what you'd expect a player normally to do when they're injured, he's really, uh, you know, trying to improve his craft um, and, and learn as much as he can. I suppose that's how you get to get to become the best in the business. Well, that's it? right. That's right. You don't uh, you don't become the best just by uh, half-assing it, and uh, he's definitely not doing that. And you know, he started the hard way. He sort of you know did his time, you know, on the sidelines with injuries. Did his time in the in the resies, and um, you know, he's uh, taken his opportunities when he could. And you know, look at him now. Um, he's the, one of the best in in the league, if not the best. In uh, in his position, so yeah. Sam Jacobs is having Sam Jacobs from Adelaide is yeah. having a pretty good season in Max's absence. Yeah, so it, it would maybe have been, he's going to have to fight for that mantle again. Yeah, it would have been nice had Max been fit to um, to to face off against him in a couple of weeks. Uh, but uh, maybe maybe come finals time, we'll uh, we'll see that uh, clash. Um, yep. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, back out there. Um, yeah, he's he's so good, isn't he? Um, he's a real natural, uh, you know, in front of the camera and in front of the media. Um, it just it just comes really easy to him, yeah, yeah doesn't it? For brand wise, uh, for us, you can't think of a more sort of important uh, player in the last um, in the last decade, or even before then. There's not many. Um, that we've had that's that's had such an impact that's instantly recognisable uh, for brand-wise. Um, it's just, you know, you, you have kids, you know, I've got nephews who are Geelong supporters and, you know, they, they saw him once in the street or at Nando's or something like that before a final and they were sort of starstruck when there's not many yep. players on our list who would, pro- at the moment, who would probably... Uh, you know, sort of kind uh, of that that type yeah. of. Uh, um... There are a few personalities across the league that are like that, aren't they? They yeah. just transcend their club, and you know, anyone from any club can pick them out in the street. And um, I suppose we got a similar character um, transplanted into the club by uh, Adelaide in in the in the form of Bernie Vince. He's you know he's also good in front of the camera and. Uh, 
knows how to have a laugh on the footy show and do that kind of thing. Yeah. But Max is uh, he's homegrown talent, so I guess we're extra proud of him. And you'd be doubly uh, proud of him, given um, given as you said, all those years of involvement and uh, um, all those years that it took for him to to grow into what he is today. Yeah, like you know, so we've been sort of with him. Uh, from the beginning, uh, I, I can't take any credit for for anything, but you know, I, I've all just been waiting for him to uh, you know to blossom into into what he has, and you know, he's uh, he's uh, rewarded us. Um, you know, yeah, I don't know how right? happy he was with you bringing up that uh, no, no shanked <laughs> shank kick in his in his debut game. I actually found it today on YouTube, so I might send him a link of that. Um, Max, if you are listening, it's at uh, look on YouTube um, round. I think it's round eleven or round fourteen, two thousand eleven, uh, about the two hour and five minute mark. If uh, if you want to timestamp that, um, but something tells me he he doesn't want to <laughs> remember that kick. No, <laughs> it no. was it was a pretty um, bad the, kick. The, but... other, there was, the other interesting thing was um, uh, his comments on um, Nibbler. Um, yes. Very high praise for Nibbler, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, and I knew when he said it that it might be a controversial comment uh, for some on Demon Land, but um, yeah. Well, uh, I've been I was I've been critical of him in weeks past, um, and others are sort of critical about I suppose his polish and finishing. Um, you know the way he finishes off his work um, in getting rid of the ball, but uh, uh, very high praise from from Max there and uh, the fact that um, the fact that A and B is still in the team and, and yes he, he was probably a bit quieter on the weekend but still did some good things there was that uh, he was certainly showed composure um, when he passed the ball off um, he was in the forward line he sort of kicked it off yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it might have been to Hannon perhaps yeah. in traffic um, or, or whatever so he did show yep. composure, and um, yeah, look, I look. I've been happy with the year that he's had. He's certainly had a much better, better season uh, this year, more consistent. So um, no doubt, he's had. Um, yeah, and but, it's, you can't fault his defensive work. Um, he's always got high tackle numbers, and he he works hard defensively. And I think that's obviously highly rated by the football department. Yeah, so we can uh, we can now talk about uh, the game uh, on the weekend. Uh, but we made our way back to our uh, to our favourite stadium now because the hoodoo yep. must certainly have been lifted. Um, we've had two wins this year there, so um, yeah. I mean, we, it's uh, our new favourite ground. Yeah, yep. I mean, I still hate the stadium, but uh, it's no longer the um, it's no longer a daunting prospect going there anymore when you know you've had a few wins. Uh, so um, yeah, what did you think of the game? I mean, it was a scrap in the first half, but the first half was abysmal, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was from both sides. It was just uh, bits of it were unbelievable. There, there were just, passages oh, of play where both whole teams, sequences of yeah, possessions, were coughing row. it up. Each team just coughed it up, coughed it up, coughed it up, and it was a comedy of errors, as they say. Yeah, no, it's just like no one wanted to hold onto the footy, basically, but. Mm. Um, we came out and were much more composed after half time, and the third quarter was was the kind of um, Melbourne that we've come to uh, know and expect this year. Um, 
you know, for the most part of the year, we've played pretty good footy and uh, it all clicked together in the third. And, uh, you know, it was some of it was good, good to watch. Credit to the forward line because we got 14 goals from uh, Garlett, Petraka, Hannon uh, and Jack. Yep. Um, and uh, that's a good return, isn't it, from the, from the four of them. And that's, you know, that's the bulk of your, I think we only kicked 17 for the, yeah. uh, was it 17 for the day? So, yeah, to have 14 from your four forwards is a great return uh, with, you know, Jesse missing. So that continues, the, the fact that um, we're able to kick a decent score, even though the forward line's a bit makeshift at the moment. Yeah, well, that's that. It, that's got to be a fantastic sign. Um, not having Jesse there, you know, not having. I mean, not having even a, you know, well, we've got Watsy there, but we don't have the traditional. Watsy's no. playing a lot of ruck, but we don't have the traditional forward or centre half forward. Yet we're still kicking winning scores, uh, yep. kicking over a hundred points to boot. Um, so that's 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 a huge positive, uh, because once the forward line starts clicking. Um, you know, once Jesse gets back in the game and, uh, you know, it, it, it bodes well for us. Um, Garlett and Petraka have really mm-hmm. improved their set shot kicking this year. Uh, Garlett especially, yeah. it was yep. it was one of the sort of the floor of his game really yeah. in recent years that he wouldn't capitalise on the re- relatively easy shots. Yeah, I used um, to think he would be better off just uh, going, going back and just running it in. <laughs> like he, as yeah. if he was on the run, uh, he's been nailing them. This yeah, year. Absolutely, uh, the last two weeks he's he's nailed nailed them, and even in uh, and against uh, Frio as well, he sort of kicked a, a timely uh, set shot goal. Uh, yeah, well, he's so, kicked fifteen four for the year. Had a great year. Yeah, um, I think in two thousand and fifteen he kicked forty thirty one, and last year oh, I don't have the numbers on me, but. Um, Last year was was similarly sort of much more skewed towards points. So to be fifteen four at this stage of the mm-hmm. year is really good. He's on track to kick above forty again, yep. which would be great. And that's what you want from from a guy like him. And not just that, his defensive work is outstanding at the moment. Well, he's, uh, he's getting a goal chasing. game yeah. just from at one of those tackles, mm-hmm. isn't he? Yeah, uh, those chase downs. We've seen that a few times this year. So and it lifts the team. It's not just the goal that he gets from it. It, it really lifts the team. It lifts the supporters, the fans, and uh, yeah, it's, yep. it, it, you can't sort of buy buy that type of thing. Um, talking about the yips, uh, kicking yips. Um, let's go back to the second quarter and uh, uh, Joe Danaher. Now, do you think the result may have been a little bit different? Um, had he sunk a few of those goals, I mean, certainly the scoreline would have been different going into half time, and I just fear that perhaps the game would have got away from us. Uh, do you think we would have been able to come back and do what we did in the third quarter? Um, if he yep. nailed yeah. a few of those, it, it might have been a totally different ball game. Yeah, I mean, you, you never know, do you? But, no, you don't. Um, we, we've been able to come back in the past, not just. Uh, you know, not just this year, but in previous years. So, you know, let's say he'd kicked half of those and yeah. they went in three and a half goals up instead of a couple of points up, I think they were. Um, uh, you know, that's still not an insurmountable lead at half time. Yeah. So we may well have come out and, and had the same um, 
same sort of third quarter that we did. But um, and we missed a few it, early it changes on. Yeah. changes the complexion of the game. Yeah. Well, we sure. missed a few early easy ones early as well. Um, gettable goals. So um, yeah, you can look, you can say if and if. But, yeah, I yeah. mean, look at our, look at the game against Geelong. Exactly. So. Exactly. Did you see the footage of him? Um, a carrying on mm-hmm. when he got that goal, yep. which he shouldn't have got that goal. He only got yep. that goal because the umpire was what happened? apparently what? still setting the mark. Okay, so that's what happened in that instance. Like I saw him play on and kick a point, um, but so that was the umpire. That should have been called play on. Yeah, absolutely. even if the umpire I was livid when it got called back, yeah. um, because it should have been a point. But yep. uh, and then there was that footage of him hugging. Um, hugging Hibbard um, at the start of the third quarter and laughing. Really? I I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah, it was was just a bit bizarre. I don't know what he's doing. He's obviously having some sort of a joke. Um, Pig didn't look too impressed with it um, and sort of had a a get me out of this (laughs) look on his face. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, um, yeah, it's just bizarre. It's no wonder that opposition fans dislike Danaher. Yeah. He's an easy, he's an easy character to, to dislike, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big fan. Um, you know, uh, I don't think he's uh, a very good footballer. I don't know. He can, he's tall. He can take a mark, but uh, I mean, he should have buried us, and uh, he didn't. And I've, that's not the first time. Yeah, I've seen him do that against us or our opposition teams. So, bad, you know, bad kicking's bad football, and he consistently does that. So, Yeah, it evened out uh, round two of last year when he couldn't miss. So, yeah, well, um, if yeah. you put the two together, it, uh, <laughs> it comes up sort of all square. Yeah. But how good, uh, we spoke a moment ago about Christian Petraka's yeah. uh, four-goal game, which was a great game from him again. Um, how good was that goal? Uh, the, from the boundary? The, Sorry? The one from the boundary? The one from the boundary was great, but yeah. the one in the third quarter, um, when it was just pure strength and he, he sort of had players hanging off him. Yeah. He was yeah. in the square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and just that quick kick, but, gee, he's uh, he's a beast, isn't yeah, he? He certainly is. And people were saying, oh, he's done it on one leg. Uh, do you think that's the case? Did he, if, I mean, to me, he didn't appear to be injured. No. I, look, I was... No. I was quite he did far in the away. Richmond game. Uh, yeah, well, obviously there was, but uh, I don't. I, was he? Doesn't seem hampered um, by any injury. I mean, he may. No, have... I think he had the strapping on, but yeah, um, but that's precautionary, you would think. Um, yeah, look, I think if there's any, if there's any real problem or danger or risk, he probably wouldn't be playing. But yeah. um, we're starting to really see what he's capable of now, aren't we? Oh, uh, absolutely. Some really strong marks. Kicking some great goals. Um, he's very strong. He, he kicked twelve eleven last year, and he's on eleven two this yep. year. So he's fixed up his accuracy um, incredibly. That's a huge improvement. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm wrapped with with him. Um, as we will focus on the the midfield a bit, um, and before we talk about the the obvious guy, I'll talk about uh, one that's been a bit down in previous weeks, but had a ripper of a third quarter, um, Jack Viney. He did have a ripper of a third quarter. It was back to the Viney of old. That's right. uh, Takeaways from the contest, um, you know, running and getting a bit of of a break going. 
and then there was also that great um, great piece of work close to goal mm-hmm. where yeah, he sort of burst through a whole a pack. Uh, handed out to Clary, and Clary got that great handball, which we'll talk about in a minute, yeah. uh, to Tommy Mack. But it's funny, isn't it? Because Demon Land is critical of Jack when he does that, when he tries to burst through a pack. Yeah. But he did it, and it resulted in a goal, didn't it? Yeah. Well, when you burst through a pack and get tackled, uh, it's 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 a, you're going to have a lot different reaction to when you burst through and uh, get it off and it results in a goal. Um, I want to see more of those bursting through and and breaking through than uh, getting caught. Um, but yeah, he he looked fantastic a few of those times, just using his strength. How good were Clary's hands uh, to Tommy just, Mack? That was absolutely sensational. I mean, just his hands everywhere. I mean, I think he had twenty five or. 28 uh, handballs in the game and each one of them are, are just sensational um he had 15 disposals in in the last quarter alone um you know that's you know for a, for a guy that uh you know there were question marks over whether he can run out games or you know get mm. tire. He, he's not <laughs> he's really taking yeah, the, the next he's... step so i think well he... he's second in the coaches votes at the moment so... which you know, is is as high an accolade as you can get. Yeah, so he's second behind uh, Sloan, who um, has had a ripper of a year so far and is, you know, rightly so favourite for the Brownlow. But there was an article on afl.com.au uh, talking about the favourites, who are the early favourites of the Brownlow. And I'm not putting pressure on the kid or saying that he should be one of the favourites, but he was totally overlooked in this article. They even talked about uh, uh, Yo and... Um, uh, who was the other guy? Um, Ollie Wines, who are below him on the on the coaches' votes, but they were referring to the coaches' votes ladder, and, and not mentioning and him. not even mentioning him, saying the the ones behind Rory Sloan uh, were these two, who were rightly saying rightly so favourites for you know second and third favourites yep. for the Brownlow. Totally missing out, even Selwood and uh, and uh, Clary, who are who are equal second behind. Uh, well, Sloan, the so. the Herald Sun hasn't overlooked him because there's an article that just got posted up a short time ago saying can Oliver, can Clayton Oliver cause a Brownlow boil over? Mm. So um, you know what I think. Yeah, I, I don't know. It might have bypassed the people at the AFL, but it hasn't bypassed yeah. the Hun. I wonder how the umpires are viewing it because he could be a guy that's either going to get the threes or he'll just get a whole lot of twos and ones and, and you know, won't be able to match a, a Sloan or a, or a Dangerfield getting, you know, getting their threes uh, consistently. So we'll, we'll see. Um, I but... just noticed in the chat room that uh, Destroy All says that Petraka was hobbling a bit in the first quarter. Okay. So it was hard to see is... from my vantage point. <laughs> Where I was, yeah, uh... oh, look, I was up in the heavens uh, the other day and I was so far um, up that I had one of those huge beams that holds the roof in front of my uh, face and blocking the scoreboard. So I couldn't see the ground or the scoreboard. So I got I got no idea what went on the other day, I've got to say. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't as high. I was on that first level up. Um, I wasn't too far back from the thing, but I was behind the goal. So anything that was happening on the opposite side of the field, uh, I was sort of no chance to uh, to see. So I, I didn't see him hobbling, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I hope it's nothing Just getting serious. back to Clary, he's, uh, he's tracking top 10 in a whole range of uh, statistical categories at the moment. He's obviously um, number one for handballs in the league. Mm-hmm. He's sixth 
sixth, sorry, for total disposals. He's five, number five for contested possessions, seventh in tackles, and he's going at 81% efficiency. Yeah, uh, it's it's fantastic. I was having a text. They're incredible yeah, numbers. I was having a text, uh, well, not quite an argument, but a discussion with a mate of mine who's a Carlton supporter, um, who's obviously a big fan of Patrick Cripps and, and has never heard of Clayton Oliver. And I was, uh, uh, he was telling me how Cripps has had, you know, Cripps is leading. Oh, what was his his thing that he had? Uh, he's got the most contested possessions after fifty games, the most clearances after fifty games, and when you take Oliver's stats from this year alone, and not count the first year, which I think. Even if you do later on, if he continues the way he's going, he's going to smash those anyway. But just how he's tracking averages this year, he'll he'll absolutely smash uh, crypt those two things: the contested possessions and clearances um, after fifty games. Yeah, he's uh, well, he's a freak, really, isn't he? And I'm just thinking back to um, thinking back to the preseason launch. And if you remember, uh, Angus Brayshaw did that Q&A with Jack Viney and Nathan Jones, and he asked both of them to nominate uh, their breakout player for the year. Yeah. And Jones said he'd go for a smoky in Dion Johnston. Yep. Um, and Jack Viney, without batting an eyelid or giving it yep. a second thought, um, nominated Clary. So, um, you know, we heard Max praise him before. Um, I, everyone, everyone knows, you know, the quality of the player that uh, that we're lucky to have. Yeah, so it's it's very interesting that when you look at. I, I don't have the stats in front of us, but just going on memory, the hitouts were forty to twenty or something like that, or forty-one to twenty-five, whatever whatever it was. But the clearances, we won forty-one yep. to twenty-eight or thirty or whatever. We 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 clearly won the clearances after having clearly lost the tap-outs. Um, well, that's fantastic <laughs> from our perspective, considering our ruck issues at the moment. Um, th- that's a healthy sign. Uh, yeah, and it's a credit just not uh, not just to the um, to the receivers, but also to, to Cam Pedersen and Jack yeah. Watts in, you know, I think I read that they'd been instructed to jump into him in a certain way so that he'd tap it within to a triangle of hopefully of, of Melbourne players. So, you know, the, the midfield setup really worked. Um, and the makeshift ruck combination that we've got with uh, Peders and, and Jack and Tommy Mack doing a little bit too. Uh, worked, didn't it? We won, yeah. the, won the clearances, and that's always important. Yeah, so it seemed that Tommy Mack was doing the backline ruck work. Um... You know, when it was in deep in the forward line, you know, and and uh, Jack was down there, he'd take it, and sort of um, Cam was doing it around around the grounds, and yeah, look, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it uh, how it pans out over the next few weeks when we've got uh, we've got McAvoy this week, and then Sam Jacobs the next week. Um, so that's yep. to- really going to be a, a good test uh, for us, and. You know, hopefully our midfielders have been watching how those two ruckmen uh, play because, um, you know, that's that's <laughs> going to have to try and shark from there. And it was uh, it was interesting that Max mentioned in our interview that he's been going to um, to watch other games, in particular yes. watching how the forwards ruck, how the tall forwards ruck. So 
Yeah, was and he mentioned a couple of times the possibility of all playing more in the forward line, all playing together when he mm. comes back. Yeah, um, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Because um, you know he, he, they trialed Spencer and Gorn in the JLT series, yep. and it went all right. Um, although you know some people thought that Max was sort of Max's impact was negated a bit by having Spencer there. So mm. uh, it was interesting just to hear him throw it up as a possibility. Um, uh, we've heard Goodwin say that he likes to, the coaches like to be adventurous. So, you know, maybe we will see some alternative arrangements um, when Spencer and Gorn uh, do get back on the park. Yeah. Definitely. It was good to have Booney back in the middle um on the weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, well, for, I think the fact for, that, that for periods. the fact that uh, Jordan Lewis is back uh, allowed yeah. that to happen, and the fact that Jordan Lewis was back uh, was also, a great was thing on its own. Was a great thing because just the leadership he gives, just the uh, you know, when the ball's in his hands, you just know he's going to do something with it, and um, you know, nine times out of ten he does, and you know, it helps. Not only does it help Bernie, I think it helps Jonesy. Um, and it helps a whole, you know, whole range of uh, people yeah, on, the, on the ground. Definitely, uh, he's, definitely. He's a welcome addition. Be interesting to see this week the reception he gets from the Hawthorne fans, because uh, understandably Hibbard and Melksham uh, received, you know, their their boos from uh, Essendon. So I mean, it's the only natural we'd probably do the same to a player that walks out on the club. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how the Hawthorne fans treat. Um, Treat uh, Jordan Lewis because uh, he didn't walk out on the club. Um, no, yeah. oh, look, they're not going to boo. They wouldn't boo Lewis. Lewis but is uh, football fans sometimes do. <laughs> yeah, and so we'll no, see. It'll be interesting. Lewis is, you know, you talk about football royalty. Yeah, Lewis four premierships. Lewis is that way down yeah. there. And to be honest, you know, there were uh, probably thirty or you know more than thirty thousand Essendon fans that Eddie had. Um, and ten or fifteen thousand demons, but uh, I don't think there are going to be too many Hawk fans at this week's game. It's our home game. And they uh, uh, they are deserted gone, the ship. Um, and they're notoriously fair weather, aren't they? So a lot of them would have, would have dropped off. Um, so well, I hope we yeah. can. I hope our supporters get out there because you know I felt the last two weeks we've been um, we've been the minority. Uh, you when both times when Richmond got goals and Essendon this week, there was a higher decibel rating than yeah. Than well, we, the, we mean, did. You know, you've got there's a few factors at work. There's yeah. a Richmond home game, yeah, and an Essendon five and home, so they were always going to have. Uh-huh. Um, they're always going to have huge support, and they've got a large supporter base yeah. that's pretty active, um, at least until they fall off the cliff late in the season. But uh, and it's the same with Essendon. You know, we've got their, um, uh, you know, given their circumstances of what happened last year, um, and you know, their reasonable start to the season in some games, um, there, there's always going to be a lot of them there on the weekend, but yeah, I don't fancy it's going to be the same this week. I think there'll be, uh, it could almost be like an interstate game, um, <laughs> in terms of the majority of Melbourne supporters there. <laughs> this, uh, well, I, I hope the, so, and I don't, because I want Hawthorne fans to get there, because I want us to make a bit of dough. Uh, you know, these home games, you want it, you want to make some money, you want the club to make money. 
um, true to form, Destroy All's come up with a very good idea yep. uh, that? that we should boo Lewis <laughs> just so that people think the Hawthorns <laughs> fan, uh, that the Hawthorne fans are. So uh, I like that idea. Re- reverse psychology um, might fire uh, Jordan Lewis up. Yeah, and look, and then maybe Caro will get stuck into them with Caro's <laughs> arrow on footy classified. So we can uh, fake news. We can we can uh, create some fake news, perhaps. All right, you heard it here first, guys. We're we're gonna we're gonna boo Lewis uh, Jordan if you're listening. Sure, you're not, but we're not really we're not really booing you. <laughs> what are we seeing? Says that Clary's Brownlow odds are now at fifty-one to one. I think I'd heard that he was at 67 so perhaps the uh the extra publicity is going to bring him uh bring his odds in i'm not putting it i'm not putting money on it last year i think um jack viney was at similar odds at the same time of the year and i put some money on him and uh yeah (laughs) i don't think i want to um to put the moz on him so i'll I'll be staying away my money will stay in my pocket Um, i think brownlow talk is silly but yeah um You'd certainly look at um, you'd certainly look at having a wager on the uh, on the Bluey Truscott, wouldn't you? Because he'd be well, he'd be kicking that down at the moment. Wouldn't is you? is is there such a thing as wagering on the Bluey Truscott? Do we need to set up a, a black market uh, a betting ring for that? Uh, yeah, we could do that. <laughs> we could have a new part of the uh, a separate part of the forum where you can go and play two up, <laughs> yeah. perhaps and. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, you can smoke in the high rollers room and stuff like that. We call it the Ollie Wines Lounge, perhaps. Yeah, yeah if you were uh, if you to don't... bring back something from the uh, from the olden days. Yeah, if you donate some extra to Demonland, you uh, get a special pass. And and just while we're on the fact um, point of donating, I just want to thank. Um, uh, everyone who did donate to us this yep. week, um, I put the call out. We had to increase some uh, service space. Uh, Demonland's growing all the time. Um, one week I'm going to get Nasher in um, to just have a chat with him, talk about his involvement with uh, with the site because he's always been there in the trenches when uh, uh, anything technical has gone down. So, yeah, we needed to increase service space. It, obviously, as you increase service space, it increases cost, you know, running the site. And, you know, it was already... We've already had to go on, on the, onto a dedicated server, which means there's a dedicated computer somewhere out there on the internet that uh, houses Demonland. And um, yeah, so um, long story short, we needed a bit of extra cash. And uh, whenever I've sort of put the call out there, uh, people have been extremely generous and helping uh, us yeah, out. So I just have. a big, big thank you to everyone who did uh, help us out with that. It's much appreciated. And uh, if I could uh, name everyone, I, I would. But uh, most of you would probably want to remain anonymous, but if anyone you see on the site that has life member or annual member, it's they've contributed, so thank you. Yeah, it's a great effort, isn't it? People are very supportive, so it's good to see that appreciation because you and Whispering and uh, Nash uh, put in a lot of time and effort uh, to keep things going yeah. for... Uh, uh, the place that we all love to yeah. hang out, and, and it's funny because I sent out sort of a bulk email to to I think it goes to everyone on the on the site, and I had actually a few people who had you know, been banned or something in the past sort of write back and say I'll never contribute to that site. Your your moderator sucks. So uh, yeah, sorry about that. I, I can't. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a bulk email thing, um, but and someone actually accused me of uh, you know 
uh, uh, for my slush, you know, taking money for my slush fund. And uh, trust me, this is not a money-making venture. Um, I've, I contribute to the club in a number of ways. I sponsor a number of players. The family takes out, you know, quite a few premium memberships and quite a few standard memberships. Uh, you know, I buy a lot of merchandise. I run a lot, so I buy all the demons gear for running so i give back to the club trust me this is not a money making venture at all um anyway that's enough of, of that but just thank you to everyone um who contributed it's much appreciated now we know or oh, apparently he was back at training this week um that doesn't necessarily mean jesse's going to play does it um, the the article sort of indicated that he would. I would think if he's oh. back training. No, no, like it just. I got that feeling that that the fact that he was back that he would. I, I mean, there's no fitness issues. Um, I mean, unless there's some, you know, obviously he's grieving at the moment. But I would have thought if he would. If he's back at the club, if he's back at the club, he's back to play. Otherwise, he would have stayed an extra week in WA with the family and to grieve over there. Um, you know, look, I, I have never been in that position of, of losing a parent, so um, I, I, you know, I can't say whether he will play. But I would have thought if he's in Melbourne, he's here to play. Um, but I don't know his situation, so that's just a guess on my part. I. You know, I, I'll understand if he if he if he can't play. That's you know, it's not a not an issue for me whatsoever. If he doesn't think he's ready, then yeah, we you know, I'll back him a hundred percent. But I think if he's here and training, he's here to play. I was just thinking about his situation the other night, and just it's hard not to feel incredibly sorry for him because, as you say, we don't know what that's like. Uh, we're um, a lot older than Jesse. Yep. Um, he's, you know, at a young and volatile age anyway, and to lose a parent, um, and not just to lose a parent, but to be living on the other side of the country to your family at a time when, you know, you really want to be with them, I can't imagine how difficult that would be. So, um, yeah, I I guess... uh, but that's also why I think if he's in Melbourne, he's here to play because I think otherwise he would have stayed, you know, with the rest of yep. his family over there. But and again, I don't know the situation. I don't know his relationship with the family or anything like that. It would just be guesswork. Um, but I think if he's here, then he's probably going to play. Um, yep. But having said that, I understand if he's not ready, it's, uh, it's you know. Yeah, and I'm sure the club have got the right supports around for him. Um, to you know, to accommodate whatever you know he might need, but um, if he does come back in, are we dropping a tall or a small, and who's who's going out? That's an interesting thing. Uh, we, I, I'm assuming we don't have any injuries. There were no injuries from the nope. match, uh, you know. Um, so it turns. So we've got Jesse, who's available. Um, uh, apparently, Wagner had a great game. Um, yep from all things so uh, you know so there's a possibility there people have been talking a few weeks about Melksham possibly getting out of the team I can't see that happening if he hasn't happened yet so I think he's he's going to stay in the team so um I don't know do we stretch stretch didn't play for Casey on the weekend I think he was the holdover player okay so they didn't, um, didn't play at all some yeah. people there seems to be this this consensus on Demon Land mm. or at least a, a lot of people that seemed to think Stretch was rested rather than just omitted 
I mean, no, surely no players, uh, even young ones, need a rest after five games. Stretch was just dropped, wasn't he? I assume so. I know that there were a few of the Essendon players would were rested um, when they didn't. You know, a few were left out of the team, but yeah. uh, it didn't say that. I don't think with Stretch. He, he may have been rested, but you would think it's quite. I mean, he's he's year. also one of the the you know his fitness and preparation yeah. is is at the upper end of the scale, so he wouldn't be one of those players no, that would have would, needed a rest. If they're going to rest. You would think they'd rest a, a, a Jones or a, a Vince, uh, not because I don't think these guys are fit, but they're maybe because of their age. But yeah, I, I yeah I, I yeah I don't know. When did our when did our resis play? They played the day before. Yeah, yeah. Well, so yep. he might have just been held back, and it was just uh, prudent. They thought, well, he's young and fit enough to to be able to miss a week um, if he has to, and we need him just in case someone. Because um, if he had played, does that mean he's ineligible to play in the seniors if he needs to be called? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure on that rule. I think I imagine so, but I, I'm yeah. not 100 percent sure. But it'd be interesting to see. I mean, uh, you know, Goodwin's been uh, Goodwin's got plenty of surprises at the selection table. Stretch could conceivably come back in for Bug. Um, yeah, Bug had a very quiet, quiet game. Didn't really notice him at all. Um, no, saw did, him a few times, a but, things, uh, but nothing, nothing spectacular, that, nothing to write home about. So it's a possibility. But look, we're you know we're a winning team, yep. so yep. Um, you know there's that old rule of Don't not change. making or making as few changes as as necessary. But um, you would as say, far as we know, sorry, you would no. I was just going to say, but you would say if Jesse's fit and well, he's obviously fit, but if he's uh, going to play, to go. he'll uh, come back in for sure. So who comes out? Um, well, yeah, uh, there's been a lot of speculation. Uh, Kennedy Harris. Oh yes, uh, a lot that, that, of people that, calling Kennedy, for yeah. him to go. Uh, look, I, I got a bit frustrated with Kennedy Harris. I think he he dropped a couple of uh, chess marks again. There was one noticeable one he did out on the half forward flank or yep. half forward flank wing, and it, it really frustrated me because I've always liked him, but uh, I just the last two weeks I, I I've been a bit frustrated with him and. Uh, yeah, maybe needs to to find some form. Yeah, I think he's looked better in in previous years yeah. than he has so far in 2017. Uh, it's interesting. Goody mentioned him in the post match press conference and said, "What did he say?" Um, you know, uh, you might not have seen. Um, you know, you might not have seen seen him doing sort of offensive things, but his defensive game was was very sound or he said something like he was doing all the right things okay. that we'd asked of him so um yeah it's interesting you know we, well, these are things we're not privy to you know we don't know what uh no what, what, and we what the players are asked for. that someone of kennedy harris's height and in his position that he'll be you know sneaking a couple of goals each week or at least getting hit in the scoreboard in some way yeah, yeah they're not going to do that yet but the coaches might have a completely different measurement yeah. for him yeah. A little bit like Neil Bullen. Um, Neil Bullen hasn't really hit the scoreboard yet this year, but um, is obviously doing the right things to keep getting selected. So, yeah. Uh, look, I know I prefer Kent over Jake Kennedy Harris, um, but then people point out that their, you know, the defensive uh, game of Kent's hasn't been up to scratch, and I can see that if that's an important thing for the coach and the coaching staff, then that's, um, you know. 
that's probably why he lost his spot and probably has to uh, earn it again through um, you know his deeds in the in the twos. Yeah, by all uh, um, by all accounts, he hasn't hasn't made a strong case at Casey yet. And yeah. I think the two games that he's played have been been uh, fairly average, so he's not banging the door down um, by any stretch of the imagination. But um, mm, I don't know. Does it does a tall come out? And if so, who? Because. You know, we need Peterson and we need Watts. Yeah, well, that's uh, then Peterson's not going, and I'll be very surprised <laughs> if they does, does if they Oscar do. go back out. I, I don't uh, think so. I think the back no, I think, Yeah, I, I I didn't mind Oscar's game. Um, maybe we can talk about Tom McDonald because I was quite surprised that there has been a lot of talk about Tom McDonald, um, and and we know you know skill wise in kicking sometimes is not the best, but I think his defensive play. Uh, far outweighs any um, any potential clangers that he might uh, do. Um, so I was surprised to see on Demonland there was quite a few negative posters about him. I mean, would they prefer him to be out of the team altogether? I mean, how could it's you been going consider on since that? The start of the year. I mean, well, it's, it's unf- unheard of. Sorry, I mean it's it's unfathomable that he could be considered to not be a certain starter if not one of the first players picked. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, look. We know what his limitations are, but uh, yeah, any talk of him sort of not being integral to the team is silly talk in my book. Um, he and. His brother are probably going to be, um, you know, the twin towers yeah. down there um, for the next ten years, yeah. or however long it may be. Sam Frost is coming along pretty well. Yeah, I was impressed I with Frosty. There's speculation now that we're looking at uh, Jake Lever and Stephen May, so maybe they're looking for further support down there. But um, uh, I thought Tommy Mack was 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 great. On the weekend, or very good at least, and I he thought got co- he got coaches' votes. So. Yeah, and I thought Oscar pl- probably played a, a much better game than he's played all year. Um, you know, I've, uh, haven't always been in Oscar's corner, but uh, yeah, I thought he did a few few nice things as well defensively. And Frosty, I've been very impressed with um, the couple of weeks he's been back. Yeah, I just I like the way he takes the game on. Yeah. Um, again, sometimes though. he turns it over. Um, uh, sometimes he turns it over, but um, you know the instruction obviously is to attack um, from defence, and uh, when it comes off, it um, it comes off really well, and we usually score. Um, Filthy eighty four says it's the best game he's seen uh, Tom Mack play in a long time. Um, Destroy says uh, no one wants Tom dropped. Uh, just stop trying kicks. He'll never be able to complete into the corridor. So yeah, I, I must say I hold my breath uh, sometimes when he goes across the ground. Um, but yeah, that's that's sort of uh, you have a look at uh, the way we play, and we're always looking to cross it over to get that man out. But what I don't like us doing when we do that is when we when we do cross the ground, but then we don't have the next player to kick to. It's one thing if you cross to the ground and then you've got another player and another player 
but when you yeah just, sometimes you got to go back a couple of times and then it works itself out yeah um, yeah but when we sometimes just go across and then there's no one and let alone, you know sometimes there's two or three opposition players loose on that side of the ground it doesn't work so you've got to sort of use your use your brain and not just do that because that's a team thing but then again i'm not the coach <laughs> i've never coached afl I've, football i'm just a supporter I'll tell you what's of much greater concern to me than either Tom or uh, Sam's kicking, and that's this business of everyone flying for the same ball but and no one, no one staying down. Pet peeve uh, of mine. I, I, you'll hear me at the footy screen. Who's down? So many times we have three, three up and no one down. And we always concede. Mm-hmm. And it's not just in one game. It's happened it's a lot. It's been happening yeah. all year, yeah. and it happened last year as well. And I don't know whether it's a trust issue, mm. and they just haven't learned to play with each other and yeah. know when to go and not to go. But, um, yeah, they need to work it out. I mean, you'd sort of think that someone like Jaden should stay down yeah. um, because he, he can move the ball away quickly. But he's got really good leap on him. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know how they work out who's meant to fly and who's not. As I say, it might just be something that comes with experience um, as they uh, as they sort of trust each other more. And I haven't mentioned, um, and it's been I've been remiss not to mention our phone numbers. <laughs> if you do want to give us a call and talk about uh, the game we just played, or the ins and outs, uh, or anything about uh, the upcoming game against Hawthorne, two ways to do it: zero three. Nine zero one six three triple six. That's zero three nine zero one six three triple six. Or you can Skype us, Demonland thirty one. Just search for Demonland thirty one, all one word, and uh, you can connect with us. You don't need to ask for a friend request or anything like that. Just um, just send through. Uh, just you can call straight away through that. Um, uh, Jaden Hunt took a ripper of a mark, but I believe it wasn't paid, uh, so therefore not eligible for mark of the year. Yeah, and there are a few people mentioned online, Nev Jetta was up and about to take a, an absolute screamer um, until Tommy Mack spoiled him. So <laughs> um, Nev could well, well, Tommy might, might well have um, cost Nev a car. <laughs> So um, I wonder how that got sorted out later. And it was Nev's, we should yep, mention Nev's yep. 100th uh, game yep. um, on the weekend. Yeah, had a ripper. Uh, he, he, he's, he's a good footballer. He does his job every week. Yeah, he's, he can't help but admire, um, you can't help but admire him. Uh, the journey that he's gone on uh, to come back from, you know, being on the brink of getting turfed out. Yeah. Um, to to you know the type of footy that he's playing now and the consistency oh. that he's been able to achieve. Uh, well done, Nev. It's a you know hundred uh, hundred games is a, a great effort for anyone, isn't it? I'm just uh, trying to. Uh, I'm just jumping on my Facebook or in particular the Demonland Facebook page. If you want to follow us uh, on uh, Facebook, uh, search for Demonland. You should be able to find us um, there. Um, I shared a uh, post that the AFL, um, the AFL did uh, just before, prior to the to the game, and it uh, it was interesting. It was a bit, it was about um, uh, Nev Jetta's hundredth uh, game, 
and it said, Congratulations to the underrated Melbourne Football Club defender Neville Jeddah on reaching 100 games in today's clash against the Bombers uh, at Etihad. So uh, it, it was nice that they recognise, well, obviously they're going to recognise someone's 100th game, but they recognise that he is a good player and he is underrated. Um, so that was nice of the AFL to, uh, to do that. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it, when everyone, everyone says that he's underrated. Yeah. If everyone's saying that he's underrated, yeah, he's not really underrated. <laughs> That's is right. He? Yes. He's actually quite highly rated. <laughs> yeah. We're rating I, him I, by I think underrating what I mean, him. He's one of those yeah. unassuming yeah. types. Exactly. Uh, who just goes about his business, head down, bum up, and gets the job done with you know no fuss. But it's, it's what we should also acknowledge, um, which some people may not know about Nev, um, even though he is a quiet type, he actually uh, does leadership and mentoring work um, uh, I think in the Indigenous community. Yep, yep. he's won, um, won a few. And, he won an award about it uh, yes. one year. I can't remember whether it was a Melbourne Football Club award or whether it was through the AFL. Um, yeah. Did he get nominated for the Jim Steins Award um, at the Brownlow? Yeah, I think maybe, maybe it was that. I'm not sure if he won. Yeah, I don't think he did win. Uh, but, yeah, he, he does a lot for the Indigenous community. Um and yeah, credit to him um, for, for doing something like that. Um, it's always very admirable and a great trait for uh, a person to have. Yep, absolutely. Um, the, Hawks are, the Hawks are teetering, aren't they? <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw any of their game against St Kilda, but they were just listless. Yeah. And they looked like they were jogging, not cracking in, and you kind of get the feeling that if we came in really hard... Yeah. Um, we could deliver a knockout blow, you know, well, I'd, I'd um, like in the first see, 20 minutes. I'd like to see us do that to a team because I think we've, those type of uh, victories have been very few or far between. And unfortunately, my MFC SS, you know, uh, in my Melbourne Football Club supporter syndrome um, has me worried that we're going into the games as favorite, favourites. I prefer the underdog status. Um, but... I think, yeah, there's a reason why we're going in favourites. And if you've seen any of Hawthorne's games this year, um, you, you can tell. I mean, they've been I mean, they just three looked times. disinterested and dispirited uh, against St Kilda. It was, it's quite bizarre to see. And all these players who sort of lifted and perhaps were playing above themselves when they had the likes of uh, Mitchell and Lewis um, uh, around them are now just look exposed as really ordinary footballers. So um, they went all right against the Eagles, although it's hard to, it's hard to judge hard to, the Eagles. Hard to judge how, yeah, how important that was, but um, they've oh. been thrashed in most of their games yeah. this year, so you'd hope that we can dish out a similar sort of punishment. Yeah, uh, and I'd like to play the Eagles in Melbourne one day as well. Um, <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, it just seems like we... You know, there's certain teams we just never play um, at our home ground. Yeah, it's been a while since we had a home game against Essendon. Essendon, uh, Geelong, we mostly play at Skilled yep. and we played them at Etihad this year. I'd like to play them at the G. Uh, yep. the, we, I mean, a few years ago, I know we did play them at the G, but it's our encounters with some of these teams uh, at our home ground is few and far between and... You know, I think the AFL really has to fix up uh, that sort of inconsistency. Um, 
And it seems like whenever we play Essendon, we always have to wear this white jumper, and that's why they play us as, as an away game. Um, you know, make them wear a white jumper for once. Yeah, I hate Essendon, (laughs) so for a whole lot of reasons. Funnily enough, though, at the game last week, I was seated next to an older Essendon supporter, um, and I, bizarrely, um, he was quite reasonable, and, well, we weren't talking all match, but, you know, occasionally sort of just passing comment in breaks in play, and uh, I was surprised that I'd actually come across a reasonably Essendon supporter, so um, <laughs> they are out there, even yeah. if there aren't too many of them. I, I sat next to a guy, an Essendon fan as well, and um, at one stage I got quite frustrated with uh, Jake Milksham, and he just turned to me and he goes, we're not taking him back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I heard similar comments. He's your problem now. Um, so, yeah, that's. Uh, I think that was a common, common theme around the ground probably. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah. So uh, this week will be interesting. We are we are favourites, I believe. Um, I think I was doing my footy tips the other day, and uh, I, you know, it's very rare that you see a Melbourne v Hawthorne uh, game, and you have a look at the um, the betting, and you see that we're a dollar forty five, and they're two dollars seventy five. Yep. Well, we uh, we started the started the rot last year, didn't we? In that round, it was a nineteen or twenty game yeah. where they'd run won so many in a row, and we finally burst the bubble. Yep. And Jordan Lewis probably decided that day that he wanted <laughs> to uh, jump ship. Yep. And uh, you know, um, jump on board. Um, we played well against them two times last year because I think up until three-quarter time in the first game yep. we played them, and that was in the wet, um, we were in That's with right. a chance, and then I think they just sort of blew us away in the last quarter. I don't uh, think they blew us away. I think they kicked four or five in the last quarter, and we went down by about four goals. Yeah, so... Uh, but, yeah, um, you know, blowing uh, away. Uh, then, yeah, we managed to sort of reverse it because things were, were tight at... Um, uh, at three quarter time in the return match, and yep. then we went on to yeah, we kicked five goals or something to nothing in the last. Yep. Yeah. Um, Shane Jay has just mentioned in the chat room that Ruzi's second game coaching was uh, a home game against the Eagles at the yep. G, yep. and he says not a good yeah, game. And I think I remember the one he's talking about. I think it might have been a ninety point thrashing, or maybe I'm getting them mixed up with a Neil game, but. Um, <laughs> There was yes, a game. There so was it has a game. Happened. It's one one of those we've wiped from our yeah. memories. There, there was a game against the Eagles at the G that I remember taking my daughter. I think it was one of the first games she ever went to, and uh, she they were absolutely thrashed us. But she asked me, um, "Why don't uh, Why don't they take turns in kicking goals?" <laughs> I said, yeah, "Yeah, exactly." We needed that rule <laughs> back then. Yeah, I would have taken that rule in a in a heartbeat. Um, <laughs> Uh, George on the outer makes the um, important point that it's important that we win this week because of the other fixtures. Um, if we yeah, so uh, if we lose, we're you know potentially two games uh, two games out of the eight. So well, look at the um, let's look at the other games. You got St Kilda, GWS at Eddie had. Um, so St Kilda are uh, well, sort of in that well, mix. Well, St Kilda's with us at the moment. You, you'd, uh, I mean, GWS are probably favourites. So. Um, you know, go there. Uh, Adelaide are playing North Melbourne. That doesn't really affect us um, yet. 
Um, there's Collingwood, Carlton. Uh, well, yeah, well Collingwood. Collingwood anchor, that'll make either team even with us. And yep. depending on percentage for us, uh, we'll still be on top. Um, Port Adelaide, West Coast. Well, that's that's important because both of those teams are on four wins. So if we yep. win, uh, we're even with one of them and uh, potentially can leapfrog West Coast depending on percentage. Port still have a, quite a superior percentage over us. Uh, Gold Coast, uh, Geelong. Well, you would think uh, Geelong would... Well, Geelong should win that, um, but if Gold Coast do win, that puts us even with us. Uh, Western Bulldogs, Richmond's an interesting one because um, I, I believe West, uh, Western Bulldogs should beat uh, Richmond, uh, but it keeps us sort of uh, with those two. Um, yes. Yep. Sydney, Brisbane, not really, uh, not really uh, relevant no. to us. Uh, us versus Hawthorne, and then uh, Fremantle. Uh, Essendon, which certainly is relevant to us because, um, you know, both of them are equal with us and a win for us takes us a game away from us. So, yeah, the results do, um, you know, particularly with those teams that are around us, I think. The St Kilda, if they lose, Essendon or Fremantle, one of them lose. If one of Collingwood and Carlton loses, if we win, it gives us that game, a breathing space, of a game between a lot of those teams. So, yeah, very important. Go, particularly as well because we're going into um, into, a, into a tough match the next week um, against Adelaide. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'm not too optimistic about that game. Um, you know, it's a, a, a bit of a yardstick well, of where we're at or how playing, far... They're just playing sensation yeah, yeah, for yeah, at the moment, it, so it's hard to see yeah. in the current form anyone knocking them off the way yeah, they're going. Yeah, it'll show us how far away we maybe are to a team that's sort of on the cusp of a premiership. I mean, you'd have to say they're pretty much early favourites, at least for, well, definitely top four, um, probably final day of September, um, the way they're going. So. Well, they're just kicking enormous scores, mm-hmm. and they're playing such uh, such polished footy. Yeah, well, they've got they're moving the ball with with absolute skill. They've got and, a great uh, midfield, a great forward line, back line's yeah. pretty strong. Um, you know, I, re- I think it really showed where Richmond are at um, there. And I, I look, I, I don't have the, I, I don't think we'll beat them, but I do. Want to Who are they playing this them. week, Adelaide? Uh, who did I just say a minute ago? Um, uh, uh, North Melbourne in uh, Blundstone Arena, so that's uh, that's in Tassie. Uh, okay, I mean, look, they're going to lose sooner or later, and it may well be, um, you, you know, we might get them uh, as you know, someone's going to eventually knock them off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Crazy no. Jager O'Schmira <laughs> is confident against. This is our <laughs> midfield will match up well against Adelaide. And I think our forward line could trouble them. Yeah, but uh, the back line will be under immense pressure. So yeah, definitely. Uh, yep. Look, yeah, the, the best up. back lines in the league are going to struggle to contain their yeah. forward line the way it's going at the moment. They're just uh, and we will. They're uh, on fire. We'll talk about that more in depth next week when we've got. Uh, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, yep. You know, let's not count our wins uh, before. Before then, we've still got a job to do this week, and um, yeah, let's. Uh, 
Let's do it. Let's, uh, let's, 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 you know what? I've been to many Hawthorne, Melbourne Hawthorne games where I've seen arrogant uh, Hawthorne fans there. So I'd just love to stick it to those fans who over the years, you know, there were a few games in the last 10 years where they really thumped us. So it'd be nice to return the favour. Yep, and we're we're on telly this week. We're, well, we're on uh, free to air telly, so oh, that's the televised nice. game on Sunday at three twenty. So that's good. It would be better if we had a sponsor to promote, <laughs> but we don't. But um, yeah, maybe Peter Jackson can show them a tape of us being on free to air, and that can get someone over the line. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe Demonland can. Uh, what are they asking? Do we know? <laughs> do we know well, what, yeah, uh, do yeah, know what the back of the jumpers put, were? Uh, You'd really have to put the begging bowl out if you uh, <laughs> if you wanted to do that. I think. What if I make the stickers for them and just stick something on the back of the jumper by make it a bit cheaper? Well, get it done in Bali, like the away Guernseys. <laughs> so that's probably the uh, that's probably the cheapest option. So what else is there? You're I don't I take it you're not a um, a gaming fan, meaning. Um, uh, PlayStation, Xbox. Uh, I'm not, but um, I was grateful that you brought up um, probably the most iconic <laughs> yes. um, AFL gaming moment, well, moment in gaming history, and that's out of bounds on the fall. You remember that, the old Nintendo Entertainment System? Um, well, it was great to see uh, see some of that match on YouTube today. I was just watching <laughs> it and remembering those kicks that, they could just go so far, they almost go off the screen. <laughs> so um, the, I mean, God, you know, I know it was a long time ago, but gee, that game was crude, wasn't it? Yeah, when you even look, the sound of, of that the ball makes when you kick it. Yeah, the bling. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah. I mean, that's one for well, one for the ages, really. If anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, coming out uh, on Friday is a game called AFL Evolution. It's the latest uh, version of an AFL game on a, uh, you know, gaming platform. I think it's on uh, PC and uh, uh, PS4 and PlayStation 4 and Xbox. Um, now, in the past, AFL games haven't been uh, great. Um, you know, it, it's hard. There's not a lot of money in the development of these games, and it's sort of no, AFL, the type of uh, game that the AFL uh, is, um, it's just not... Um, it's, it's very hard to, to yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces in an AFL game when you compare it to something like soccer, um, and there's a lot more development money and a lot more people buying those soccer games. So you can understand why there's yeah, it's the same with the NBA, isn't it? And it's NBA got global football, popularity. That's, that's right. I mean, it, but even even America has a big enough population to have a good, you have a lot of money probably involved in their hockey games yep. and their American football games. But the AFL doesn't have that uh, that same uh, supporter base to to um, to warrant that. But the AFL having you know, said that. Yep. Um, it's inexcusable to make Jaden Hunt look yeah. like Billy Stretch. I, I was going to get to that. Now, I, I was going to ask Max sort of about that, but I wanted to. We only we only had a limited time with Max. We we only had about fifteen minutes, and that's fair enough. Um, I think he might have stayed on for longer if if we'd asked him, or you know. But you know, I didn't want to push the want to you know push the relationship with the with the uh, club. But I wanted to ask him about uh, that. What he thinks about the. Um, 
that game, uh, uh, and he's like whether he thinks his likeness is is um, is any good. But Jaden Hunt uh, posted on uh, Instagram a picture of himself and a picture of his likeness in the in the game, and they look nothing alike. And I know I'm pretty sure all the players had their um, yeah, they had their face, the 3D imaging done to their face. Um, like they came down to all the clubs and the players all yep. did whatever they have to do, go into the machine or have the photos taken all around them. Um, and But some players look almost identical to what they look like, but Jaden Hunt <laughs> look like he's his third cousin twice removed. Well, he looked like Billy Stretch. <laughs> yeah, probably just I used think. the same you know, photo. He's got sort of short, dark hair and yeah. quite a dark face, so... Um, and that sort of. So he he posted the picture of him and his likeness in the game, and said it's like looking in a mirror, <laughs> you know, being extremely sarcastic about it. But uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the game. I, I enjoy playing the AFL games. I liked it back in the uh, Nintendo days of playing that out of bounds on the full game. Um, it's just great being able to take the demons to a premiership. Um, it's, it's, the, it's <laughs> yes. the one place I can do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's it's got its market, doesn't it? There's yeah. more than enough uh, people, but as you say, in a global context, no, it's, no. Uh, I mean, who's going to? Um, it's up against it, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it's not even you know. There's no one. So, did the Max character actually look like Max? Well, I haven't. I, I, I haven't, I haven't seen Jaden. I haven't seen it, but I, I'm assuming the Max character won't look like Max now because I'm positive yes. he'll have a big beard. In that game, and that's what I wanted to ask him about. I wanted to ask him if uh, he had the beard, which I'm sure he does, and if there is an option to, because uh, uh, some of these games I know in the uh, the FIFA soccer game you can adjust, you can create your own player and sort of give yourself your own attributes uh, in terms of what you look like and skin color and hair type and all that. And I think a good thing about the the, the FIFA games, and I'm hoping they have this in the AFL game, is that you can. Uh, take a player from the juniors and um, and work, you know, his way up through the ranks, yeah. and that's quite a fun thing to do. And it'd be nice if you could take a player, oh, maybe not at a local footy club in the thing, but maybe from the resies or the under eighteens, and um, you know, they get drafted to a club, and yeah, based on how you play. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen the FIFA games, and I, I'm not a gamer, but I've I've seen uh, I've seen them played and. They're remarkable for for their likeness to the real thing. Yeah, yeah, and they've got um, better and better and better and better over the years. Um, you know, you could almost fool yourself into thinking you're watching a proper game of soccer. Down to the commentary, you know, they've got the the top top line commenters there, uh, commentators there, John Champion and uh, and Jim Beglin and Peter Drury and that. So. Um, yeah, it just looks, sounds, and feels like the real thing. So, um, yeah, let's well, hope that. Uh, well, let's hope. Uh, let's hope. Let's du- hope that this this is goes some way towards that. Yeah, well, let's hope uh, Dwayne Russell isn't one of the commentators. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, we suffer in that front. There's uh, soccer's got some fantastic commentators, yeah. but we're pretty light on. Um, we're pretty light on on that front, I think. Yeah, and. Uh, Oh, we don't play many Friday night games, and I would assume that the the, the 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 they put the best commentators on the Friday night, and we seem to to get all the uh, 
you know, Saturday afternoon <laughs> rejects. Yeah, although we're not necessarily now because BT does Friday oh, night. Yes, He's sort of true. filled in for yeah. Dennis. So yeah, well, once Dennis you've left, got BT left and, and Bruce now. Yeah. Um, I, I don't mind Anthony Hudson, but um, apparently he called us on the weekend and was uh, a lot of people were critical of the call. So also, people were saying know. he was almost barracking for Essendon. Um, and yeah, I've, I find that uh, extremely annoying. Uh, whenever I watch footy and you sort of uh, hear the commentators barracking. Uh, I don't mind them getting excited if the game's close, but barracking's a bit far. Yeah, I look, as I say, I, I haven't watched the replay and uh, so and I was at the game, so I didn't hear it. But um, I understand that they, you know, they'll almost barrack for the, un- not for the underdog, but barrack for whichever team is down during yeah. the game because they're trying to make a contest of yeah, it. So yeah, you often hear If Essendon are four goals down, they're going to, you know, greet Essendon goals yeah, better yeah, yeah. and pretend that something's happening when yeah. maybe it's not. But um, Yeah, you, uh, you sometimes yeah. see, especially on a Friday night when they're trying to keep the audience and the, the, teams, the team's down by 40 points. <laughs> You know, the other opposition will kick a goal, and it's all of a sudden they they get excited. Uh, you know, yeah, I can't. Bruce is game. doing that too much yeah, now. I really mean, they'll be is. ten goals down, and they kick yeah. a goal, and he says, "Oh, well, you just think if they can get yeah, the next four or five, right. something's yeah. on, isn't it?" <laughs> it's it's like, like, no, that. it's not. Nothing is on. This game is over. Yeah, they think. Oh, you know, there's seven minutes left. They only need uh, a goal every thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, that's like... right. So, no, so apparently that. Dennis uh, committee is the commentator on evolution according oh, to so the got him chat too. room. So nice. They've snared, uh, snared the good one. Yeah, because he's... The uh, golden tonsils. Yeah, and I'm sure there'll be some great quotes uh, from that. I'm sure he pulled out a few uh, special comments that only uh, Dennis can do. Yes, yep. So was there anything else that caught your fancy on uh, Demon Land this, this week? Uh, well, before I uh, we go there, just uh, if you do want to call zero three nine zero one six three triple six, if you want to talk about anything, talk about the Max interview, talk about the either game last week or the coming game this week, zero three nine zero one six three triple six, or you can Skype us on Demonland, and uh, just a. Um, for anyone who is listening to a replay of this, um, if you want to jo- join us live, we are live every Wednesday night at 8.30 uh, p.m. And um, we have a live chat at demonland.com slash podcast. So you can chat with us and listen to uh, the podcast as we go live. Otherwise, you can wait and listen to it in your car or on the bus or on the train or on your commute um, by... You know, using SoundCloud or going to iTunes and subscribing. Um, so, yes, uh, was there anything else that caught your fancy on the uh, website this week? Uh, no. Look, I haven't had a lot of time to be on there, so... Um, How dare you, You know, sir. I uh, <laughs> may, have missed, uh, may have missed something, but, um, uh, yeah... Yep. How, how have you? Uh, how do you think the uh, deliberate out of bounds rule and the interpretation is going? It's. I hate it. It's, it's virtually a last touch rule. Yeah. No, that's which, what it is. Why don't they just do the last touch? Well, I hate that too. Yeah. Because <laughs> kicking for touch historically used to be a skill. That's why we have the phrase, and it's a Melbourne player, a yep. la Johnny Beckwith. Yep. Um, hitting the boundary line, a la Johnny Beckwith. Yep. Um, and even if you do have a deliberate rule, 
there needs to be, you know, a lot more consideration of a player who's running, who picks up the ball, running is facing already the boundary line, is under pressure, um, and virtually has to do a somersault yeah. to try and kick it back into the centre, where he's most likely going to turn it over and concede a goal. Yeah, yeah. So you should be able to pick up the ball uh, under pressure and just throw it on your boot down the line. And if it takes a bad bounce over the boundary line, so be it. It should be a bloody throw-in. Well, I've seen them punish people sometimes for a bad kick. Like sometimes they're kicking yeah. towards a forward line. It, it, it's a bad kick and not necessarily shanks it or sprays it, but it's not a great kick and it goes out. <laughs> they get, you know, when clearly their intention wasn't to go out of bounds and they're getting, yeah, um, I agree. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a bit of a kerfuffle and, I don't know if it's cost anyone a game yet, but... Uh, it's going to at some yeah, point. it really is. I just hate this sort of thing that we need to keep evolving the game. There are some mm. bits of the game which they're perfectly fine. And yes, I think, you know, once sides really started sort of exploiting the boundary line, it's glad they brought in deliberate. It's, you know, um, to stop that sort of misuse and, you know... So the last 10 minutes of a game, one side just keeps rushing it over for throw-in after throw-in. We had to get rid of that, as they did with the, you know, conceding a rush behind. But it's gone too far, and I don't know for what purpose. Um, We've got, you know, we've got an oval ground with wings. There are some sides, I'm glad we're not one of them anymore, but some sides like to play the boundary line. It's their game plan. So what does it mean for, for that? Tactically, you know, if you're a coach who wants to move around the line, then you know you're at risk of uh, risk of sort of conceding more of these free kicks. And just for what reason? Yeah. Um, why not then cut the wings altogether and the entire game can be played through the centre corridor because there's nowhere else to take it. Yeah. So I just I hate it, and I also sort of dislike the fact that there are no, well, there aren't many. Um, sort of older journalists um, in footy anymore because some of those guys and I know quite a quite a few of them have have left certainly the Herald Sun in recent years the age of cut more staff today so they've lost a lot of their you know football reporters too in in recent times but you've got these young kids who are reporting on the game and they don't understand the history of it mm. um, or see it in the bigger perspective and I just think that yeah maybe if there was sort of more sort of uh, more of these um, older um, older journalists still around in the footy media they'd be sticking up for the traditions of the game a little stronger than what we see at the moment which is just blind acceptance to keep changing the rules for for no real reason yep I agree it's a terrible rule and um yeah, let's hope that something can get worked out because uh, it's not working. It really isn't, and it's uh, it's not good to see. And uh, you know, it's all over the shop. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we haven't really seen it yet. But one day it'll cost a side, and yeah. there'll be an outcry. And uh, it's, what are we doing it for? For yeah. what reason? Yeah, you know, games are we're scoring more, and we've gotten rid of the ugly rolling malls for the most part. Yeah. So. The game's looking attractive, so I don't see, uh, you know, um, 
There's no yeah. need. All right. Well, I think we're going to uh, end it there. Um, you know, it was great. It's been a long night. It has been a long night, and it was great to speak to Max. I thought he was a great interview, and I knew that he would be. Um, I hope that uh, this can continue with us doing interviews, and we can work out a relationship with the club. And I'd like, ideally, I'd love to get someone in from the coaching staff and sort of um, have a talk with them. But we are going to uh, attempt to uh, bring you sort of something each week or someone. Um, and uh, yeah, stay tuned. Even if it's just someone from the Demon Land faithful. Yeah, as I said, I want to get uh, Nasher in. Uh, perhaps we'll, we can coax Whispering Jack out of uh, radio retirement and uh, have a have a chat with him. And uh, you know, there's people uh, who've been associated with the club in the past and the cheer squad and stuff. And you know, we'll try and get uh, some average Joes in as well as uh, yep. you know the football royalty from the club. So there's plenty of personalities out there. That's for sure. That's that's certainly true. And so tonight we're going to I'm going to end it um, with a little song. Um, oh, bef- before yeah, go we on. go, go um, can I ask? You did you played that very uh, that slow rendition of Grand yes. Old Flag before? Where, who's that from? So that was from someone had mentioned uh, on on Demon Land. Someone had been asking if anyone had uh, a, a, a copy of Grand Their Old Flag. Funeral. Yeah, for for a funeral, and someone uh, uh, mentioned that there was a CD that came out in the late 90s, I think early 2000s, called, uh, and I've got it here, Every Heart Beats True, uh, which had, a, you know, sort of that, that song on it, but it also had like a whole lot of commentary uh, from, you know, talking to players past and present, uh, just about the footy club and stuff. And I haven't listened to all of it yet. So I bought this on, on eBay for like 20 bucks, 25 bucks or something. Um, I think there are others around on eBay uh, you can see. But, um, yeah, I haven't had a listen to it all yet. But uh, that rendition, that Grand Old Flag, uh, was on there. And, uh, yeah, it's a nice one. But that's not what we're going to end um, end the show on tonight. There was one rendition from uh, YouTube that I found, which was uh, by David uh, Bridey, I think his name is, uh, from My Friend the Chocolate Cake. Uh, who is a, a, a diehard Demons fan. Is that the one at the end of the Mangrook footy show? That's exactly right. Oh, um, I love that it's, version. It's a great version. So we're going we're to end the show. We, we won this week, so I think we can, yeah, we can play the song. Um, and I think we'll, uh, we'll, we'll end the night with that song. Uh, I really enjoy that version of, of the song. And, yeah, it's a good one. So thank you, uh, Great Viney, for joining us again. Um, uh, you said maybe you're not going to be available next week, so um, yeah, you might have to coax. Well, uh, whispering. I might coax. I'll either get whispering Jack, or I might put it out onto the forum to anyone who's got uh, a connection and can talk for a couple of hours or whatever. Uh, but we'll see what we can do uh, there. Um, yeah, but anyway, thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you to Max. Uh, thank you to. Um, the, the Melbourne Football Club for, for setting that up for us. Uh, it's much appreciated. And uh, thank you for all of you listeners uh, who were listening. We had uh, quite a lot of listeners uh, during the um, during the show tonight. So uh, that's a good thing. Uh, you can find us on uh, SoundCloud or iTunes uh, if you want to listen to this back um, during the week. Um, so without further ado, um, this is Grand Old Flag, uh, David Bridie. Thank you.
fly, fly, fly Say Emma for me and for you Well, it's the emblem of the team we love The team of the red and the blue Well, every heart beats true for the red and the blue As we sing a song To the final bell with the spirit of 1926. Every heart beats true for the red and the blue as we friends sing this honor you. Should old acquaintance be forgot? Keep your eye on the red and the blue. Should old acquaintance be forgot?